0: Welcome back to the Sports Medicine OrthoPod, a show about the world of sports medicine and the people who inhabit it. My name is Anthony Yu. Folks, we have a sports medicine pioneer with us today, Dr. John Bodnar, a.k.a. Doc. He is the founding father of trackside medical care for supercross and motocross and serves as medical director for both racing series. He also heads the Alpine Stars mobile medical unit, which fans will recognize as the gigantic rig parked at every race where injured riders are tended to. Doc, we're happy to have you. We're thrilled to hear your story. How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, it's, uh, something's been going on for a long time. So as I, we talked about before, it's uh, it's been routine for us and we've been doing it for so long now, it's uh, almost got a habit, but it's, it's been a, a lifelong uh, kind of endeavor and uh, we're more than happy to help, help out everybody at the races and it's just been a, a good jo- joy to do this stuff.
0: Yeah. So you're from Southern California, from the San Diego area originally. Correct.
1: Correct. Pretty much San Diego native Navy brat yeah. when I was younger, but, uh, we were always here. And, uh, so I do call it home.
0: And before your career in medicine, you actually were a off-road bike racer yourself. Is that correct?
1: Right, I used to race uh, the high desert of California. So I initially started a few motocross races. Racing wasn't that great, but also it was a couple of motos, and I liked racing all day long. So I ended up racing in the southern Valley and mid California desert for about 10 years before yeah. I went to med school. So Barstow bar, to Vegas races, that kind of stuff. So it's, oh, wow. it was really a lot of fun. Saw so a lot of country <laughs> in, yeah. in a single day.
0: <laughs> I bet. So how did this. Connection with becoming the motocross, supercross doctor? How, how did that come about?
1: Well, it was one of those things where, um, just because of friends I knew from racing and stuff, um, I got to be a flagger. And that was like, hey, I can get to go to the supercross races, San Diego, Anaheim, Vegas, and uh, be a flagger there and uh, get to hang out. and have a good seat, you're right there on the track. So for us, it was a lot sure. of fun to do the races. And uh, basically, once I went to med school, in the back of my mind, it was something that I kind of knew they. They had you know, service there for every race, but it wasn't the same people every week. It's wherever you are in what city you're in. And uh, so it was something when I got out of med school, I decided I would be helping. I could help them out at, uh, at the tracks, at least locally. And luckily for me, I was uh, a resident for ER residency at UC Irvine, uh, which is literally three blocks from the Anaheim Stadium. So yeah. got to meet a lot of the people there and said, hey, I'd be glad to help out and volunteer and kind of help out with the medical staff. that." are there at D trace and uh, kind of started from there just running around with the bag and helping out.
0: What was the medical care like at that time? We're talking, you know, early, mid-90s. Is that about the area?
1: Yeah, mid, mid-90s. mid um, And that was, at that time, uh, you know, every, every uh, stadium race per se, they would have the local ambulances for the, who was contracted for the stadium and there'd be paramedics and, and EMTs. Uh, but it's just whoever's there for that event. And when they would take a rider off, you wouldn't know where they went. You wouldn't know you know what happened to them there's no follow-up and uh so they would you know do a good job of taking care of it. but a lot of times the riders would have kind of lingering injuries uh things that they didn't know if they needed to go into the hospital and the other guys they don't want to go to the hospital because sure, it's like yeah you know, it's it's, it's, it's akin to rodeo guys obviously he shows about rodeo riders and they're the same kind of demeanor that they don't want to stop what they're doing and you know an injury is just sort of a, a side effect and it's a nuisance um and they're gonna do everything to keep back to doing what they love So uh, with us, we could, it's something we could be a week to week type of thing with all the riders and we get to know them and know their injuries and be able to help them from, you know, lingering stuff versus things that might put them out. And at the same time, be there for if there's something severe versus something really simple, we can give them some advice.
0: Yeah. And so you mentioned that at some of these races, there might not be anybody so you're kind of becoming a familiar face. What was the response as, you know, you're probably showing up week after week and getting to know these people and, you know, developing friendships, uh, that aside from the ones you already had going into it.
1: Right. It, it, I thought for me, I mean, I guess personality wise, do we seem to get along with everybody and you know, yeah. being there with the the crew that was already, you know, at the races and people that I kind of had known a little bit, but, uh, through my contacts, but it just, it, I think they understood that we were there to help. You know, I was the, the, the we is me, I guess, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, as, as it starts now, it's a bit, uh, you know, the idea was just, it's, it's a really great sport and it's a family sport as well as just, uh, one of those things that you don't want someone to not be able to race and and anything you do to help them out. So uh, I think they understood that. And I'm sure in the beginning there was a little like, well, what's he going to do? Tell me I can't race or, you know, that, that type of thing. And, uh, but as the years went on, it was uh, pretty accepted and eventually moved to where My idea was to help out all the time. And obviously could do. I was volunteering for a long time, and right. eventually uh, we got started with a uh, Feld Motorsports was at that time, and uh, they were like, "Hey, we can you know help you out to get you some of the races," and you know then they found a sponsor for us uh, for me, and and uh, that was the kind of thing that got it really rolling because at that time it was just really just helping out, and I can only do so much on my own. dime, and also my schedule too, so uh, sure. as it worked, the uh, things started moving, and you know I had a kind of thought in my mind, but I didn't know who to go to as far as trying to get support. Uh, right off the bat, I'm not, wasn't much of an entrepreneur kind of, <laughs> entrepreneur kind of guy, but uh, eventually it started rolling and, um, you know, within the industry and uh, that's when Astro started out and uh, they became the first main sponsor and uh,
0: it's gotcha. just rolled
1: up through there and now it's Alpine Star and we just keep moving it up and up and up and, and getting better all the time. It's just been a, a great labor of love, as they say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, it bears mentioning, I uh, didn't mention in the intro, but y- you have a, "Quote unquote day job," although I think you work a lot of evening shifts in the ER. You're you're an ER physician uh, by training, um, so this is an offshoot uh, of that. Something else you uh, do, you know, as as part of your career.
1: Right. Well, I've I've been a full time ER doc for 25 years, and basically working Monday through Friday morning, and getting on a plane Friday morning after I get off my night shift, and fly to a track, and come home Sunday, and go back to work on Monday, and. Basically, that for almost you know, almost a solid twenty years, and le- lately I've been kind of slowly down, slowing to retirement, at least for my ER yeah. job. So, but that you know, with the ER part of it, and and riding and knowing you know sports and sports injuries and what these guys have to go through to to get where they are, um, it really helped out. I think my sports medicine has just been learning it by doing it uh, more than yeah. anything. And uh, over the years, especially motocross, you you get a good good uh, idea of what these guys go through. And uh, even in medicine, you look at just how different injuries happen and the mechanism behind it. So what really helps is I know how these guys land, I know how they crash. I know what the things to look for. So um, it's really helped to kind of steer these guys to keep motivated and keep riding. And although they really need the motivation really, but sure. they, yeah, you absolutely. know, anything you do to make it better and, and, the family, I mean, this is a family sport. I mean, they're, they're, families. Some of these kids are riding since they're five years old, you know, and uh, trying yeah. to get sponsored practically. And so this was things that the, the families alongside the wives the family you know the moms and dads are at the race especially when they're new and upcomers and uh so it's it's a great kind of job to have as far as in your real job you see a patient in the er you don't see him again sure. you know maybe yeah. next year for something else but um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an ongoing uh benefit to be able to take care of them all the time
0: yeah you you hope you don't see them in the er again the ones who are and, yeah the, ER, fr- we, you know, the frequent we flyers you Yes, yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, they use that term a lot, but I mean, people need help, and that's you know, I mean, and, and there's times I've got patients that come in for different thing, different things, and you know, it's just bad luck sometimes, and you get to know yeah. the same people. But in this sport, you definitely know everybody. You know the family. You know the, you know the whole from the trainers to the, to the team managers and that type of thing. And a lot right. of team managers now are guys that. I was taking care of his riders, you know, 15 years ago, and now they're up there running yeah. the team. So it's, it's a, a big circle, <laughs> circle, yeah, very cool. circle of life,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for our audience members who are not as familiar with, um, you know, off-road, uh, motorcycle racing, br- break this down for us. So what's the difference between Supercross and motocross?
1: Well, uh, Supercross kind of them in the offshoot of the original motocross. And motocross itself has started years ago and, you know, probably uh, Way back in the late late 20s 30s i do when people started riding bikes around and, yeah. on tracks but it really took off in the 50s and 60s and then by the 70s where it was really full on and all the uh tracks are basically natural terrain tracks so it's you, wherever you go if you have a rolling hill area behind your house you'll you know or, or in a field you'll have this nice track that follows up yeah. downhill and arounds and jumps and things that are sort of more man-made and then uh, later in the, in the uh, I guess it would be late 80s, I get my, get my years right here, but yeah. uh, Supercross came as uh, some some of the uh, promoters got together, and there's a few that be named, but uh, that came up with the idea, to, let's put this in a stadium, so, you know, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, watching a race, and it's dirty, and trying to get your wife to come, or your girlfriend, or your family, it's, sure. you know, if you're not into the sport, it's hard to get people, so that was one way to make it a little more popular, and uh, we're able to bring it into a stadium where it's a little more visual, and uh, you can go get your popcorn or you know. So maybe yeah, not the originally not the true hardcore fans, but um, it's got a, a huge following now. And so we basically have January through May is our Supercross season, and that's where uh-huh. everything is in a, a city with a stadium uh, across the U.S. And then uh, just starting in May until through the rest of this till September, we'll have. Uh, races that'll go all across different parts of the country but all natural terrain so it's all kind of rolling hills and and jumps and it's a, a but nat- we call it natural national caliber track so they're they're made specifically just for this kind of
0: racing and how many riders typically in one of these races at, at a given time
1: well we have a 250 and a 450 class they're four stroke bikes these the old days they were 125 cc and uh, a 250 and those kind of evolved to four strokes now and those are going across the um Sorry about that. My phone's <laughs> ringing in the background. Uh, this is life. That. It's real life. Yeah, it's, it's live, real, real life. But uh, the, uh, in the outdoors, there's a 40 gate uh, drop. And that's the exciting part is when everybody's lined up 40 riders to a, a gate and the gate drops wow. and they all rush out into the first turn. And there's this massive funneling effect into the first turn. Yeah. And that's where usually a lot of chaos can happen. Yeah. Uh, and as, so that's, that's how it originally started. And that's, you know, you have to qualify for the different races and things so uh the starts are one of the big things there and it's a a much bigger field so and then for supercross there's still two classes um you know it's basically one 250 is more of a junior class so to speak but they're still professional and uh into the 450s and they're about they're 20 per gate for that race 20 to 22
0: gotcha uh do you hold your breath a little bit at the start of each race so you'd like
1: yeah that's where we kind of like oh yeah <laughs> I don't that's I'm, I'm trying to because there's so many people there's so many chances of having a big uh right. a big pile up so unfortunately that's you know, kind of keep your fingers crossed behind your back and uh, we all like to see a nice clean start everybody gets out and then then the whole race begins from there and everybody's playing right. catch up to to catch the guy in front of them
0: yeah absolutely and and how fast are, are these bikes traveling at
1: well, speeds are kind of relative because they jump a lot. So there's, uh-huh. uh, and even the motocross now, the, they kind of build jumps into the terrain of the track as well. And so um, they the uh, speeds might, you know, 20, 25, an average smaller section up to maybe 50 miles an hour before some of the jumps. But some of the jumps, they will jump over three different obstacles at once. So they won't yeah. even land at the two in the middle, and they'll drop on the backside of the third. So they're getting a lot of air time. So they may jump 100 feet sometimes, a 70 to 100 foot jump and it's that and it's lap after lap after lap it's it's amazing to watch it they're so they're so good at what they do and just watching them touch and brake the clutch things they do just while they're in the air it's kind of a ballet dance and it's it's very yeah. attractive to watch i think
0: yeah and i think that's part of this sport that's underappreciated is that um i think the assumption from maybe a casual observer might be you just get on the bike and you make a go and you just hold on but but these guys are actually high level athletes it takes a lot of training to be able to control this bike control your body uh and also also avoid disaster at at every turn
1: right and and they did studies back in the i'm trying to remember the years probably in the 80s somewhere they compared uh, the the highest stamina sports as far as aerobic activity things like that and they tied Mm -hmm. with the top top one at that time which was soccer so okay. they basically were in the in the top of all the other sports of any endurance, and because you're standing on, the, you know, you're not sitting. Everybody think you sit sure. uh, all yeah. the time, but you're you're definitely standing the whole time, practically, and sitting into the turns and standing again. So it's, can you imagine just doing lunges all day long while you're trying to ride for you know thirty minutes plus, right. usually thirty five to forty minutes sometimes. So it's it's definitely a, a somebody you have to be trained for this, and that's the new thing. Is, you know, over the years, the training has gotten more intense and the top riders will have their own trainers and uh um, yeah. you know and everybody's working to get that extra half second of, of lap time the guy yeah, in yeah. Own,
0: so. absolutely you got to get that edge uh you mentioned alpine stars uh, i think it was asterix before then what what has that sponsorship uh sponsorship afforded you guys i've seen the your, your website's very cool and it shows pictures on the mm-hmm. inside of the medical rig which Parts of it look like what I'd imagine a tour bus bus for a rock band would look like, uh, actually
1: more like a little, <laughs> like a miniature, uh, or a small ER emergency room yeah. oh, inside. Yeah, it's right, very pipe right. clean. And, uh, which we try to keep it all the time. And, uh, we staff it with, uh, myself and we, uh, uh one or two doctors counting me and then a trainer and a, and a nurse that work there as well as a, a paramedic that are guys that we have a, a core of, you know, five or six guys that we rotate through as well as the nurses. And, and so we have the same, crew all the time so when you see that rig, it's it's all decked out and it's uh it's it's so proud to see because it's uh it's brand new At this one is four years old we had it made directly through uh feather and it's it was great to have Kind of like that new car smell when you pick up a, yeah. a new rig. It's, it's, uh, and uh, to be able to take it to the track every week. And, you know, with Tom Carson as our general manager, we call him. And, uh, you know, without him, we wouldn't even have had this because he's been at the forefront from almost day one when we first were able to get a rig and get an actual team together and sure. get on the road. And uh, those are the kind of things you, you can't you can't do this yourself. And there's no way that a single person is going to be able to make this work. And um, it was everything just kind of fell into, into play. And it's it's been great kind of progress that, we can stay where we are and say we're getting into the over 20, 25 years now. So it's been incredible.
0: Yeah. I'm going to throw up the, um, URL of your website. The, um, uh, for, for the, the, um, the medical rig, uh, website. The medical.com. Yeah, com, yeah, the, yeah right. exactly. The, the pictures are awesome. It does look like a, a mobile little hospital or ER. What, what are the capabilities that, that you have there? Is it similar to the ER?
1: Well, pretty similar. I mean, we by default too, and I, I learned a little bit when uh, from the IndyCar guys when we've got contact and we do some research with them a little bit. And over the years, and when I first started, looked at what they had. I think it was Simple Green was their big sponsor, and they had a big semi. And so the idea is you want to do as much as you can without overreaching. I mean, the whole yeah. idea is not to take on too much. I mean, obviously, if someone needs to be having a CAT scan, or you know, we'll never have a CAT scan machine; it's just not not workable. But at the same time, yeah, if you think someone needs a CAT scan, they should be in the hospital getting the CAT scan because right. you don't know what's going to happen after that. So, sure. with that, we can do a lot of orthopedic stuff. We have. Dr. Ryman, Dr. Alexander, my partners that we've been working for the last 10 to 15 years going to the weekends I can't work. And then we, we work together a lot of times too. Yeah. So between that, we have a lot of orthopedic injuries. We have a, a new uh, mini CRM x-ray that we use as well as an ultrasound. Um, because ultrasound is really helpful for finding emergency kind of conditions where there's internal bleeding or different things you can find. So with all those tools, we can kind of narrow it down to whether we think they need to stay, and we can take care of them there, or if it's something we need to show off to the hospital. So uh, we can suture. We can, you know, we I would say I probably put in more shoulders, uh, dislocated shoulders. On the track than i have in my whole career in the er just because yeah just, we get those almost every week so uh, it's oh, uh yeah but those are the things you you really feel good about doing it's one of the things that they need something immediately and by us being there we can take care of something really simply and, and it causes less complications get them and get them out
0: yeah there's nothing quite as satisfying as popping a shoulder back into place <laughs> right yeah that's one of the things that's just quick and easy and, and we've had a few guys try to get back on and ride but uh, usually yeah. they don't after that so yeah so you mentioned some of the orthopedic injuries like what what are the common things you're seeing uh, at, at the track um uh, extremity fractures things of that sort
1: yeah we can uh the, the thing about it is is you know fractures are, are relatively easy once you have an x-ray machine it helps a lot too but yeah, sure. even even clinic can kind of tell and the main thing is whether they can get back and ride again for that day. If they can't, then you know we'll we'll take care of them, cast them up, give them crutches, whatever. But uh, being that type of sport, and you're, it's like a bucking bronco and rodeo. You're getting caught, landing a certain way. You know whether yeah. your hand hits the ground first, or your shoulder. Um, so you know the extremities are probably one of the most common things that we see just because of the mechanisms. But
0: so, what are some of the kinds of injuries that might send somebody to the ER that day?
1: Well, the biggest thing are are, are you know, blunt trauma to the chest. You know, if you think you have a, they could have a collapsed lung. Although with ultrasound, you can diagnose that at the track, but. Um, just certain things it's more spinal injuries and the same thing with with the IndyCar and NASCAR you know if they think someone's got a spine injury or you know they're they're having just even pain to a degree um, you don't you don't want to be messing around with that so sure, neck sure. injuries same thing it's just, you can palpate mm-hmm. something as much you know from we're obviously talking a lot to sports medicine guys here on this on your your podcast but that's the whole idea is you, you know, if you're not really good at it you, even if you are you still can't be sure that they don't have a a broken uh, spinal injury somewhere that you need to get, get checked out and, and a CT or, or uh, you know, their their MRI for that matter over at the hospital is the way to go. So gotcha. kind of look at... at don't try to overdo things just because it's, right. Oh, it's easier. I'll get you home, whatever. But, yeah. um, and we, we have that argument all the time because it's just like, in again, like rodeo, they don't want to go anywhere, but the idea is, Hey, we think this is important. We're, we're your team doctors for the day. And this is what we recommend. And, and the same thing with us, uh, we have a whole kind of so we'll segue here, I guess, into, into, uh, head injuries and we follow a lot, uh, with all the latest, uh, of all the information that's been out there from uh, concussions and all the different head injury protocols that are out there. So we have a very robust program that we have now that uh, we can call, uh, tell a rider he can't ride once he's been diagnosed with a concussion. It's up to, up to us to clear him. So that'll put him in our protocol. We'll and Dr. Ryman's actually in charge of our concussion program. And so that'll get him on, you know, in the road to getting back to riding again, where it takes a week and a half, two weeks usually. But um, there's a whole protocol you have to do. You can't just say, oh, I feel fine. And yeah. I rang my bell. You know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of, in the, in the old days, that was it. You know, it's exactly. like a boxer getting hit. I, I still <laughs> laugh at boxing, because they can get hit and get knocked down and get back up keep watching it and so uh, interesting but i mean that the whole idea is is we want to prolong their career and that's one thing i've pushed for a long time is the more important and this this goes for any kind of sports medicine type of program you want your guys to get back safely but also as quickly as possible but don't get more injuries and i don't you know i can't put numbers on this but i just think over the years we've probably had riders that we've had kind of sit out you know them to sit out an extra week or so and they come back a lot better than they would if they tried to week, you know, ride, you know, later in that next very next week, you know, six days later back on the bike again and trying to race with an injury. And then they end up falling off and getting hurt again. So there's certain things and it's, it's all relative, but it's, it's certain kind of injuries that you just want to watch. But if you can't hold the Bucky Bronco going down the, you know, which basically a, a bike is in some ways, yeah. uh, you know, you have to be able to be able to hold on. And so the idea is, Hey, if you, you know, take, take that extra week off and come back full, full force, you know, a week and a half later, two weeks later, a lot better than trying to race too soon.
0: Yeah, that's quite an achievement because I'm sure, you know, 30 some odd years ago when you started this, it, it was that old school mentality where it's like, uh, sure. I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm a little dizzy, but I'm fine. And so how was, how was how this met with the, uh, sort of the, the riders and, uh, the culture in general, as you're introducing these new kind of medical protocols in the name of safety,
1: that, right. Yeah. And I think they they've really uh, you know, whether from Feld and MX Sports and the AMA, American Motorcycle Association who's our, our sanctioning bodies, they've all been very, very good about, you know, what it what's gonna this is what it takes and this is what we're gonna do and, and to the point they even have things in the rule book now that aren't there just that we yeah. can, you know, tell a rider he can't ride or if, if this is what's the not just the prudent, but really the, the most way to, the safest way to do this then. Uh, and I think over the years, even the riders, like I mentioned, the that are now team managers down the road and yeah. they were the guys riding, you know, probably after, sure. after getting hit that um, they've all accepted pretty well. I mean, no, one, no one wants to not be able to ride. I mean, if a guy has a concussion, it's just like if say he breaks his leg, you know, he, he knows a uh, leg is different. They go, oh, I can't ride. I broke my leg. He's really bummed <laughs> concussion. It's, it's, it was a little harder to convince people, but Luckily, the way things have gone and with all the support we've had from everybody in the industry, it's, it's they all understand that now, and it's only going to make the rider have a better career and not end his career too soon.
0: And you've used this concussion program um, for the basis of some research as well, right? Especially as it pertains to this particular sport.
1: We're, we're right, we're trying to work. If that's the hard part, is getting the numbers. And we still are a fairly small operation, and we do yeah. as much as we can to get the data together. And and one of the problems too is we don't have a lot of numbers of people. So if you're looking at you know the whole NFL with you know how many teams and you have right. you know those kind of studies are a little more you know, they have a, a better number to pick from the P value as they call it to, yeah. to make sure that this is, you know, the numbers that you're seeing or mean something and not just a, it could be just by chance sure. or just by yep. coincidence. So, right. uh, but you know, that's what helps us is we can look at numbers in real time and kind of, you know, go with them. So it's, it's been a good, like i say it's, uh, from everything we've been doing, it's, uh, every, every year we learn something new and it's, it's always an ongoing thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, having done this so long and you said, you, you know, all the writers, you know, their families, do, do you ever find yourself a little conflicted when there's a writer with an injury and they're pushing you? Come on, come on, doc, let, yeah. let me get back out there. Like, how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, it's, that's the hard part. The doctor party has to win out, obviously, just because. But it, I mean, like I said, we know the family, we know the riders, we know, and there's guys in, in the points on hunt for the championship, you know, and there's sure. nothing worse than somebody's, you know, he's one or two in the championship and then he gets hurt or have to, yeah. he gets pulled for some reason. But um, I think like over the years, this just gotten where they understand it. But but there's that other side of you that's the racer and, then, or the, and the fan. I mean, we're fans too. We love seeing a good right. race. We love seeing guys duking it out and, you know taking it right to the finish line and uh checkered flag stuff so uh it's that's the hard part it's like you just don't want them to get hurt and same time you still have your fans you know you have your your I mean your you have your favorites as a fan yeah but uh, we can't tell them who they are exactly.
0: <laughs> you're like uh I don't like this guy he's not going back out there <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah pay me 20 bucks oh no just kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly <laughs> um what's going through your mind when you see a bad crash out on the track.
1: Well, most of it, I mean, again, it's, it's, somebody, whether you, you don't, whether you know them or not, you just, because time you can't tell who it is, even when it's nice and dirty out there. But um, I mean, it's, it's sort of just like your ER job when someone comes in on a car wreck, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you, you're turned on. So it's just, hit. you do your, your usual routine and uh, the main thing is just to make sure that, you know, what, what can we do with this guy immediately? Do we have to get them off? Do we have to you know, transport them or do we keep them? So um, after, like say, if you'd asked me about the first year or two, I probably would say, I, I go up there scared as can be, yeah. what are we going to do? But, um, it, you know, luckily over the years you do get some ex- with the experience and, and with the great team I got behind me, it's, yeah. it's I trust everybody. And it's, uh, so we, you know, we, we go through the, the routine. It's just your usual medical kind of pro- protocols that you would do. But at the same time, there is that, back and forth and whether, you know, if, if you don't ride this moto, can you ride next moto? I mean, that certain things. So we just have to work it out and decide between them and the, and their family or the rider, what the best option is for them. And, and like I say, a lot of times they're going to, they're usually going to ride when they can. And a lot of yeah. times I've told them, eh, I probably shouldn't ride and they'll go out and ride anyway. If I fear, well, you're not going to hurt. Yourself or anybody much more. I don't know how good you're going to do today, and then they go out and sure. win a moto. So it's like yeah. well, they, they come back to me, thanks, Doc. like I, won anyway. So
0: right, right. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, with so many riders on the track, handling these powerful machines, how, how chaotic can be? I mean, are, are there multiple injuries at once, or is it usually pretty controlled? And with your team, you guys can kind of manage everything in a, a sort of a calm fashion.
1: Yeah, I th- well, I mean, I think we're pretty calm about it for the most part, just because yeah. the crew is so we, we're good at what we do. I think just to not yeah. pat ourselves in the back, I guess. But um, I mean, there's times you'll get, you know, especially the first turn pileup, you might get five or six guys down, and you're running yeah. up to each one, and and they're also going to be coming around the track again after about another minute and a half. They're going to be working yeah. their <laughs> way around again, so you have to get them off the track or, uh, you know, red flags, things like that. So uh, right. yeah, there's a little pucker factor when you're trying to get everybody checked sure. out immediately like that so uh but generally it's spread out enough where you know, you'll get one or two at the same time a few times but the majority yeah. of times it's single single wrecks. but they can be one right after the other right after the other
0: yeah without naming any names are there any injuries that stand out to you any memorable ones um we, we always tend to as doctors tend to remember like the worst cases are, are there any that you kind of think about no you... i, I because I really
1: don't like to, learn, to talk about that stuff anyway. I mean, this is a, a rush purchase just like rodeo, and, you know, there's all kinds of things can happen. Car racing, sure. you can go back to NASCAR and IndyCar, and there's plenty yeah. of bad stuff. But for the most part, everybody, uh, you know, they're strong, and they're just, uh, you know, it's amazing. You can have a femur fracture, and the guys are just kind of talking to you like, you know, we're, you yeah. and I are the femur fracture. We'd be screaming and yelling. how much hurt Absolutely. It. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing uh, what these guys can go through just because they are so so trained, so.
0: Yeah. I would be like, uh, here immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you balance this with your, with your ER job? You said you, you kind of do uh, weekday shifts and then your weekends are reserved for races.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I I worked it out right off the bat that I I was a night a night shift guy anyway. I'm not. A, I don't get up that early in the morning ever except for race days, I guess. But, uh, yeah. So I I would go and work my shifts all through the week, and then I. But one week in the month, I'd have to work in my real ER job. So I asked when I have the other docs would work work a race for me in between. Yeah. So, I work you know generally probably five out of six races or four out of six something like that. So, uh, yeah. Just in uh you know kudos to my wife Tony who. Uh, up with me and she knew when i went to med school i wanted to be the motocross doc she said or supercross doc she said i was already planning that while i was in mid med school so uh it's just you know you work at your schedule the best you can and but yeah it's it's a hectic you're flying a lot you know, you're in the airplane every weekend and yeah. hotels every weekend run a car so that's the part you don't know and you can't talk to anybody in the industry and who doesn't say oh, i'm tired of this darn hotel you know flying yeah. to the airport kind of from the airport stuff
0: so doc you're saying your wife has nobody to blame but herself because she knew what she was getting into. <laughs> yeah, I think she did. She knew right.
1: Yeah, before we got married earlier, before I was in med school, so she knows the draw. She's uh, been my number one supporter. You know, <laughs> obviously, when you're married a long time, you you it's, it's your soulmate, so to speak, and you yeah. know it helps out a lot that she understands. So
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk to you about something that I, I see in my own practice, and that is uh some pretty young kids uh, on these motorcycles and um I I fixed a number of them with pretty mangled extremities multi-ligamentous knee injuries things of that sort I think from an outsider's perspective especially after hearing what you said you know a lot of riders on on the track at one time uh trying to navigate and control these high-powered machines Do, do you think it's too much for young kids or you said they they start very young they they're probably pretty accomplished by the time they're, you know, even a teenager, if they've been doing it the sure. right way and, and, and taught the right way. What, what What's your take on that?
1: Well, I mean, kind of look at, there, there's so many good things about the sport. I mean, any kind of, whether your kid's playing football, he's playing soccer, you know, even baseball, there's all those sports that kids do when they're, when they're young and they go through school, high school and grade school, you know, they're going to be injuries. It's just, you're, you can't yeah. do something at, at a, high speed like that and even soccer i mean i'm sure you probably yeah. have more acl tears in, in soccer huh. than probably anything yeah. so uh and that for a while that was a big thing i think we don't see as quite as many just because of the knee braces and the and this the protective yeah. gear that they wear uh, but the other part people don't understand is it's such a, a family effort that uh, these kids don't get in trouble very often i mean back yeah. in the day it's a party after a race something like that. but that it's just not uh, it, you know, it's, you, you have to have your head on to, to do this kind of stuff, you know, and the family's all supported behind you. you know? So they're not out getting, you know, loaded somewhere or getting drunk every night. you know, so, so, yeah. I mean, there's, there's different things kids can get into and some can be, can cause a lot of trouble and we're racing. And if this is what you really like, I and mean, a couple people I know that are, their kids are into it at a real young age and boy, that yeah. kid's just, he's on it. He's a very respectful kid. He's, you know, knows he mm-hmm. wants to race and he knows what he needs to do. it. So the, the part of the whole family thing that makes this a, a good dynamic is probably outweighs the, the any downside and sure. again, your chance of being a, at the top or probably like any other sport, you know, you may not be a professional, but when you get done with it all, you'll, you'll have a good understanding. Of what make, made you a man, so to speak, or made you a woman yeah. for that matter. We have women racers too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think it's, there's a, a lot of good stuff comes out of it. And I definitely think it outweighs anything on the
0: bad. Yeah you mentioned it before that, um, some of the sort of the young folks that you used to care for at the track are now managers. This is really a a youth oriented sport. You were telling me prior to the show that the longevity, uh, typically before was not much past, you know, mid twenties or so now it's a little bit longer. Um, Right,
1: right. It's, it's surprising. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it seemed like it'd be early, early fifth, early twenties, and they'd be pretty much going away and yeah. kind of, you know, disappear, kind of just, you know, lose that edge or whatever. They, they got them to the podium as much. And right. so uh, it's just amazing how many of the guys are staying into their early thirties, surprisingly, you know, and, they're, and they're still up there very competitive. So I don't know if it's just equipment's better or, you know, just the training helps or, sure. or, and I think too, mentally, they take it differently once they reach a certain age, you know, they know how to pace themselves a little better. maybe. Uh-huh.
0: How did COVID affect you guys?
1: Um, it was, it was tough. We, uh, I remember we were at uh, Daytona was our last race and in, in, in 2000 when uh, that was, I think in March and things had started kind of hitting the head. Then that's when we realized something was up and there was, all the yeah. borders started getting shut. So we were shut down for about two months and completely. And then uh, they were able to come up with a plan to, uh, we think we were short seven races out of the 17, I think um, to finish the series. And yeah. so uh, it helped to get you know, get these guys back out there, and for sponsors and promoters and things like that, it's it's you know, it's people needed to to do their job, so to speak. So we were able to, with the Range, to have all the races uh, in Salt Lake City. So we had the last seven races in three three and a half weeks in Salt Lake City to an empty stadium, to no bands. Yeah. It was really very uh, unusual kind uh, of. Kind of strange. All, all the pits were uh, isolated. So, I mean, all the, uh, each team, so the, you know, say the Yamaha factory team or the Honda team or some of the small teams, everybody's team had to stay isolated from the other team. So everybody was sort of in a oh. little pod and, yeah. uh, we were about this from the medical. We only was actually see people from different groups, you know, at least when they're on the track. And, yeah. uh, so it was, it was kind of a, it was a challenge, but it actually went off really well. I was real impressed that, uh, there's a lot of work involved in that, um, just from the medical side alone, just getting all that sure. stuff in the, in the testing they it had to be tested every week. And, uh, it was, uh, but uh, hats off to them. They, uh, in the in MX sports, same thing. When we got the outdoors, they all came together and made it work. Yeah. And so we were back out there racing it was, it was really yeah. it was pleasant.
0: Did, did the racers express to you that this is a little odd with no fans or is it just kind of like, this is still racing and
1: well, no, I mean, they, we all talked about it. I mean, he's yeah. to guys, that, you know, As you're walking by and things, it's like, wow, this is strange. Around the track, it's weird. This empty stadium, you know, the announcers are still talking like there's a bunch of people in the stands, even though it's empty. And uh, (laughs) it's just, it was different, you know, but everybody really just took it on and said, hey, we're going to make this work. And uh, so got in there and did it. I'm sure the rest of the sports uh, groups are doing the same thing. So we were were one of the first, I think, to get out there and actually have have an event uh, that they could actually the remote and put on TV back on TV and stuff right pretty right. quickly I thought
0: yeah yeah um looking back at where you started to where you are now you know this evolution you know you went from just showing up as a volunteer and now you've got this sophisticated system with the whole team where does it go from here do you think
1: well, I guess we got a beast that has to be fed, so um, we're like the sport. We got to keep our our group going. So I'm I'm not getting any younger. Actually, I'm retiring from ER pretty soon. So, uh, but not from racing. I'll still do that till I have to yeah. point things out on track and have somebody running around for me. <laughs> but uh, the idea is just keep, you know, this is something that's, you know, it's a passion for us and it'll always be that way. So we've got a lot of people coming up from behind. I've got three or four guys who are just finishing uh, residencies right now. And a couple more oh, yeah. guys in med school that, you know, have volunteered with us to get a feel of what it's like on the track. And right. uh, so that we can, you know, have people that'll be taken over when I'm too old yeah. to do it again and keep get, get this thing going for as long as forever it would be a great thing.
0: Well, Doc, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, really enjoyed listening to your story and, and hear your insights. Uh, let's finish up with five questions with Doc Bodnar. All right. So number one, you are a Southern California native. Hodads or in and out
1: Or I missed like you cut off on of the second one.
0: Oh, oh okay. in and out or Hodads?
1: Oh, in and out
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know I, I only lived in san diego for a year and so i i didn't know how popular this Hodads thing was but uh, yeah it's enough. not that
1: popular yeah I've, it's, no it's not you know. that popular
0: <laughs> they uh they had it at the Padres stadium so i'm like oh this must be oh there we go yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right question number two more intense atmosphere the emergency room or tra- track side coverage ah uh,
1: that's a good one i think trackside coverage because you're it's there's always something going on er is too but there are lull times you're still busy but it's sort of routine after a while so trackside there's all kinds of things can happen you know from the moment the guy's one lap one turn from the end of the race and he can he can crash or somebody crashes him so it's it's definitely more more intense there
0: what so what what do you do if somebody crashes on a race you run out there or
1: yeah i mean the, the whole idea is to it's a coordinated ballet so to speak we don't just you know and We also have, say, the medics from the local paramedic group there. The ambulance company will be there, and we utilize them as well. But our team, are usually the first ones on the track, so it's not blindly run out there. So you give the guys (laughs) time to get up. I mean, obviously, if they're not getting up, we're going to get there pretty quickly. But it's a little sport you'd be amazed how fast – you think somebody's definitely going to be out of the race and before you can get over to them, they've jumped on the bike and taken off again. So oh, it's, yeah, yeah it's, so you have to, it's a, it's a real it's, it's not like medicine you do anywhere else. Definitely not like hospital medicine. There's nothing com- in certain ways that compared to ER just because of that, that they can get up and get going, you know, but you just learn to do something more. I don't know your your skills uh, get highly tuned just from that alone. You can, and you can use that in your real job too in the virtual sure, yeah. just yeah kind of be able you assess things differently
0: yeah, i'm I'm sure uh, these two different jobs they are related in terms of your expertise, but I'm sure you've learned things that you've applied to your ER job and, and vice versa, taking skills from the ER to to the track and' uh, it's definitely nice, definitely probably a nice balance. yeah, it um, sure is. Yeah, i was going to say the difference about the er is when you're going to talk to somebody in the er you're not about to get hit by a high velocity motorcycle speeding right towards you <laughs> so. well true yeah you, you have to watch that yeah the environment changes a little bit from that
1: perspective that's for sure but uh and it's different because it's, it's happening immediately and even for er docs you know they don't see patients till they've already been picked up by the ambulance and taken sure. over to them so it might be yeah. a half hour 45 minutes right. before the from the time of the action, you're seeing some of the minute they got hurt. So there's things you've learned that you see, you know, in certain scenarios. And so you can see a patient that comes in, you go, Oh, you know, it looks something, right. Something going on there. So
0: yeah, it's all helpful and acute as an acute injury can get. Exactly. Uh, okay. So question number three, you've traveled the world covering these races, providing medical care. What's your favorite race location?
1: i don't want to say that then i get the people that i don't mention might not like it but yeah. um
0: <laughs> okay you you do a few top three okay.
1: well I, yeah i mean there's the the west the east coast you know the mid midwest and the east eastern they're so green and so lush and being from california where everything is kind of a little dry especially yeah. right around now and sure. all the fires unfortunately but uh yeah there's some uh the martins have a really good track at uh, it's called spring creek in minnesota and i kind of med school stopping at their place so i've known them since day one so that that yeah. has a good place in my heart but uh every track has there's and they've all gotten all you know they just constantly are upgrading their what they do there it's just you know whether it's facilities or you know getting in getting out just it's and the promoters for each track are they're just great people too so yeah yeah it's hard to it's hard to really pick a complete one but they're they're it's so great. it's just you know the scenery is beautiful and the, sure. and the people are great can't can't yeah. can't can do any better than that
0: yeah. very cool uh okay question number four you were once a racer you still ride to this day watching all the races you do do you ever think let me just put my stethoscope down and grab one of these helmets and, and see what I can do on this track
1: yeah I don't, I don't race anymore just because i get too intense and i just and then oh, really? i ride over you know well because once you ride you you know you race you want to win right so if I'm yeah even my buddies you're always trying to catch the guy ahead of you and so then you start riding over your head so for us i still go to the motocross tracks a lot just play ride and you know ride around and have fun and to yeah. me it's just what obstacle can i keep doing safely without getting hurt because unfortunately if you go out right over your head a little bit you'll, you're gonna you're, you're gonna get bit
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, i can see it now the movie version of this will be you have to replace an injured rider and as you're crossing oh, yeah, the finish yeah, line right, yeah, everybody's yeah. like who is that I'm like yeah. That's doc Bodnar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i don't think that's going to happen anytime writers
1: know me well enough to know that not, they, don't have, they don't have anything to worry about for me that's for sure <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's doc everybody cries fade to black roll uh, i can see it now okay uh last final question for doc Wagner. uh we mentioned about kids getting into this at a young age uh parents who might be listening to this whose kids are tugging at them saying let me get on one of these bikes what what advice do you have for for the parents whose child might be interested in in getting into motocross or supercross riding
1: it's it's kind of like any other like baseball little league dads you hear about you know those kind of names is is yeah. it, it seems the as long as you can you know bond with your child i mean that's the whole point of this is your child wants to do it don't force him if he doesn't want to do it and you, you know, a lot of riders don't want their kids to be racing, you know, they say, ah, it's just yeah. too hard or whatever, sure. but, uh, but it just, you know, the, the parents are, that are, that know their child, know how, how they are and, and can support them. I mean, and it's really a support type thing. You're not going to, it's not just a weekend, go out and do stuff. And then it's a yeah. Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, it's going to take your effort a lot of time. So if, uh, you, your child is really into it and, and you feel like this is something that you know if you know enough about that you can help them or you know the people that can then uh, to me it's 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 all worth it and, and times when it's to say no i mean if the kid has apt, if he can't walk straight and without falling down like man maybe you might pick a different sport but i mean if, if yeah. he shows aptitude and and you guys have that you know family bond that you can can do this kind of stuff then uh, there's a lot of other sports that that i think would uh, take second place to this one
0: sure sure all right, Doc, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Special Pleasure. shout out to uh, our mutual friend, Josh Ratty, one of my colleagues from Chicago, who's now in Hawaii, for setting this up. Um, yeah, he's really one of the guys story. helped out at
1: the track with us, so I'm glad to have him around too. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he, uh, he, he really talked you up and uh, you, you certainly delivered it was a great story. Thanks so much for sharing for us. Glad um, to help
1: out. Appreciate it. I all appreciate right. this, all the sports guys out there. I mean, this is... You know, sports is, is universal. I mean, there's the Olympics are going on now and all those people yep. are doing that same kind of thing. So we all have our little niches of what we can do to help out. And, uh, so once you find it, uh, pick something you love to do and jump in there and do it. Cause as docs too, do, it's one of those things, you know, you, you want to help people out and you can't always do it the way you want sometimes. So go out and find a kind of sport you can jump into and help out and, and you'll have a good time.
0: Absolutely. And especially during this time of COVID-19, I think we all have recognized how important sports are how much we may have taken it for granted in the past and not just physically but socially and mentally as well as we've seen oh, sure. many of our top athletes deal with emotional stress that are related in some part at least to, to the pandemic and the inability to be the athlete that you identify yourself to be so um uh, motocross supercross great sport there's a lot of great sports out there and uh like you said i think doing it for the right reasons uh, doing it the right way having the support whatever sport you're you're going into uh, that that's important for for life
1: for sure yeah
0: all right doc thanks so much glad See to help you next out time. all right all right take care keep on
1: keep on sporting
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks for tuning in if you liked listening to today's show you'll like watching it even better check out the Sports Medicine Orthopod on YouTube. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question about today's show, or if you, a loved one, or your favorite athlete has sustained a sports medicine injury you're curious about, send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We are at Sports Orthopods. Thanks again for the love and support. We'll see you next time.